Let me bring in Eric Berman, chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC with the State House Review. He is also very, very deep into GameStop stock. <laughs> I'm rich. I'm fabulously wealthy. I, I listen. You, you, you were like. Uh, this, this, kids, this is what we got to run up. You, admit it, you were the guy running Wall Street bets on Reddit. I'm going to sell the whole block and buy AMC. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Full disclosure, yesterday I did Not buy the some AMC. Theaters, American Motors. I, we're, we're buying American oh, Motors. Oh, you're buying American Motors. Oh, back. look at you. You went the other way with it. Bravo. Yeah. Excellently yeah, done. Full disclosure, I do, when we talk about these stocks, I do own AMC because I want to see what happens. And clearly, I should have bought some of the other ones because they're going crazy and AMC ain't doing nothing. Just, again, reason enough not to listen to me on stock picks. Let's talk about what's going on at the Statehouse. Uh, one of your latest at WIBC.com, the police reform and civil rights bills are making headway. What are these bills for? What's their purpose? And what's happening? Yeah, it's basically one big bill with a bunch of big components. This is something that they hammered out uh, over the summer in discussions between both parties and some civil rights groups and police groups. Everybody seems to be on board with this. Should be a vote next week or the week after. Basically, what this would do is three big things and then a bunch of little things. It would require de-escalation training at the police academy. If you're a police recruit or, for that matter, if you go back for your continuing education, that becomes part of the training. Secondly, it's hard right now to fire a police officer who has a record of violence. Um, there, there are ways, basically you have to be convicted of domestic violence or some other violent crime. This would allow a, a lower bar. It still has to go before a board. There still has to be due process. They have to establish that, uh, that yeah, we believe this guy isn't fit to be a police officer, but it would make that process easier. It would it would not ban chokeholds. There's a bill out there to do that, but that's uh, there's general agreement that uh, that this bill that's going to move it would classify chokeholds as deadly force. Which uh, when there was testimony of this bill, the state police and the police academy said, "Look, we consider it that anyway." But what that means, of course, is you know you can't just randomly do this on a traffic stop. You only do that if it is justified by the circumstances, if your life is in danger or what have you. So strict limits on that. There's also a couple of bills to make it easier to find out about past police misconduct. You know, if you get fired by one police department and then apply at another one, um, there was testimony from, I think it was the state police, saying, you know, we try and uh, look up these guys and we call his old employer and all they tell us is, yeah, he used to work here. This would change that. This would uh, this would say you have to send over the complete disciplinary record. So there will be some parts of this that people see as making perfect sense because there should be some levels of sharing. And then there are going to be the people who say, so we're now, like we have discussed in the General Orders Committee in Indianapolis, this seems to be an end around of defund the police, putting civilians in charge of the review board, making it easier to fire cops. This seems to be a uh, a continuation of that same theme. What are those opposed to the legislation saying? Uh, so far, honestly, there have not been any opponents to the legislation. And this has been 
a, a remarkable case of getting the work done before the legislature actually convened. This is uh, Greg Sturwald's bill, Republican out of Avon, but uh, he was consulting over the summer with the Black Legislative Caucus, with the Sheriff's Association, with the FOP, the State Police, the Urban League, you name a stakeholder. Uh, they've been in on this and they were there uh, testifying in support. So both the uh, the police groups and the, the civil rights groups are on the same side on this one. Talking to Eric Berman, chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC with the State House Review. Accountability is worthwhile, right? Targeting is something very, very different. If we have an agreement on accountability, uh, excellent. We'll wait to see as this bill continues to move down and people bring up other objections. The other one that you're sharing over there at WIBC.com, young man, is a House bill that would declare several anti-COVID restrictions off limits. What does this mean? Um, if it passes, it means most of what we've uh, seen over the last ten months couldn't happen. Uh, you couldn't limit the business hours of a, you couldn't limit the operating hours of a business. Couldn't limit the capacity of a business. Um, couldn't tell hospitals, hey, no more elective surgeries. Couldn't tell churches you have to mask up. Could, you you have to do social distancing. All of those would be off limits. Um, I think you know. The governor yesterday in his uh, weekly briefing did not use the word veto, but this sure sounds like veto bait um, if, if it makes it through the House and Senate. It has not come up to a committee vote yet. There was a hearing on it this week. Um, but, yeah, this would uh, this would be sort of an, an end around on just terminating the emergency declaration. There was a resolution to do that. That's not going anywhere. But this is a live bill that would essentially say, yeah, you can declare your emergency. There's just not many things that you can do as part of it. Uh, taking it uh, just a, a bit uh, away from this, uh, talking about coronavirus, of course, we've seen places where teachers are refusing to go back to the classroom. Certainly we've seen this in, in the Chicagoland area. We're hearing about it in Northern Virginia. Not so much hearing this as an issue in Indiana, but this is also a conversation that leads into the teacher pay issue, a big one while we still have uh, about a minute left. What will we see on teacher pay from this General Assembly? Uh, I don't think we're going to see anything, quite frankly. And I think we're going to see some messaging from both parties on that as a result. Um, you're going to see more education funding, probably. The, the governor has more money for schools in his budget, 2% increase the first year, 1% the second year. Um, that'll go through some changes in the House and Senate. We don't know what the final figure will be. But the Republican position from both the governor and the legislators for several years now has been, we'll give local governments more money. What we need to do is find a way to have more money available, but it's up to the school board to decide how much money goes to teachers. The Democratic position has been, no, you can earmark this. You should earmark this. You should tell schools, set aside this amount of money, and this is this goes to teachers. Republicans have supermajorities. That's going to be the, the view that prevails, but you're certainly going to hear more about it all the same.